Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Love of Life podcast. You know what I was thinking? What? I was thinking that our 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 title, The Love of Life, mm-hmm. sounds like a soap opera. Like I was hearing a voiceover in my head, <laughs> like, and now you've returned <laughs> to the love of life. <laughs> da, 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 da. You know, I don't know, just some cool. kind of yeah. Days of Our Lives kind of mm, thing. Shows that I life. never watched, but grandmas did, you know? Love of life. The love of life. And now we return to the love of life. Anyway, thank you for joining us. (laughs) It's Uh, not a soap opera. (laughs) No, it's not a soap opera. Christian education. Because it serves him who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Is the love of life. This is the Love of Life podcast. Conversations with Jesse and Courtney. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we are here and we want to talk about a few things tonight. We had a great interview with Ed Cost uh, a few days ago. Ed was really yeah, great. Uh, was. If you haven't listened or watched that episode, go back, watch it, and let us know what you think. Ed was uh, really interesting to talk to. I feel mm-hmm. like he's got a great perspective on art, on Christianity, entertainment. Um, yeah, and he was he was really great, and also his podcast, Redeem Podcast, definitely check that out because yeah, we've we've really enjoyed it. Our kids really liked it a lot; they really liked it. So definitely, and he's got a great accent. So I didn't tell him that on the podcast, but at some point I meant to. <laughs> I meant to be like, you know, we're really listening to you right now because your melodious voice is so wonderful. It's true, and it is. It, it was, is true. Yeah, yeah, Aussies. Brits. Although he made the point you know, that he likes the British accent, which I was like, the that's accent, funny you know? to me because his accent was marvelous. Yeah. But, and not British. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was yeah, really listen. Great. It was really great. <laughs> okay. So we want to talk about a few things. Uh, one of the things we want to talk about is morning time routine. Yes. So you recently got a book by Cindy Rollins. Called Morning AKA time. the Christian writer woman of the year. She's a homeschool. She's a century. She homeschooled for like 30 years, all her children. She had many, mainly boys. She wrote a book called Mere Motherhood that I loved. Like I was sad when it was over because I felt like I knew her. I wanted to stay in her world. Like she'd become a friend. One of those books. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't get to travel with her family anymore. It's done. What is her book about? Because I didn't read it. Mere Motherhood? Oh, I'm going to read it out loud to you because it's great. Okay. Um, Just her journey really with homeschooling. How she found, um, for the children's sake, by Susan Schaefer McCauley, who is the daughter of Frances Schaefer. Okay. um, And Edith. Frances and Edith Schaefer. And she talks about a lot of Charlotte Mason principles and... Um, she really studied those, and she does this thing called Morning Time. That's where Cindy Rollins got it from originally. But Mere Motherhood by Cindy Rollins. Now we're confusing people, but too many names. It's it's her journey through homeschooling. How she wanted that education for her children. She didn't really know what she was doing. It was also kind of an excuse for her to read a bunch of books that she had never read. And they did all this literature. And there's a few quotes that stand out, but like at one point. One of her sons, he's he's young, and he's asking about one of the characters from a book that they've read, and she has to tell him that person's no longer living, and he's like, oh, all my friends are dead. <laughs> because, like, all of the things they read are from, like, 
or older. I mean, yeah. they read some newer things too, but that was just cute. That stuck with me. But it's just her journey of life. And as her kids are getting older and things they're doing, things that work well, their family camaraderie, um, lots of anecdotes and mm-hmm. stuff, but, and a lot of her influences. Yeah. So um, well, I, we... I, I definitely want to read it or I want you to read it to me. I rolled my eyes when you said you'll read it to me, but I, I do, oh, I do want you, rude. No, I do want you to read it to me. I think that sounds very interesting. So this is and a this more, book is this book is really yeah this is more recent I don't know what year so this book is called and, sh- and show it for those okay. that are so, watching 2021 this came out put it by the camera <laughs> there you go morning time a liturgy of love and what's awesome about this book is multiple things she kind of in the beginning talks about morning time and how she got it from Susan McCauley Schaefer and then she gives some practical tips how her family did it. What it can look like, some scheduling even. Um, And then in the back, which is the largest part of the book, she gives lots of just the resources of her some of her favorite things that they included. Right. So there's like a catechism in here. There's poetry. There's poetry, poetry for younger kids, for middle school and older. There's the most recent civics test for Mm -hmm. American government and um, how our government works. There are hymns, folk songs, all the presidents mm-hmm. listed in order. And you have read sections of this to me already. And basically, yeah, like she did this with, with her kids mm-hmm. all growing up almost, right? It was They a, did it for years. For years and, and years. years. And these were some of her favorite things she included in what they would call morning time. So first thing in the morning before they started their homeschool day... All the kids would gather and they would do just different parts of this. There's memory work like the planets, the continents, oceans. Some of it's history. Some of it's um, more specifically Christian. There's Shakespeare memory passages. It's all just gathered in one nice place. And she also lists a lot of good read aloud books. Mm. So we've been using this and some of the content from this but we've also kind of shaped our own morning time thus far and we've been dip we all i mean recently we have now dipped our feet into what she outlines in this book right as far as how to set up a morning routine mm-hmm. going through the various either poems chapter of proverbs she things of like this, things proverbs, like that yeah singing together and so how has that gone in the little bit that we've done? How has yeah, so that far, taken I, shape? Yeah, I feel like it has already like set the tone for our homeschooling year. Like yeah. this will be something I always want to do. Yeah. It's neat. Like it's first thing in the morning. Everyone's excited to get up. The boys set their own alarm. They wake up. It's kind of a feast of ideas in the mm-hmm. morning. Um, it starts all of our minds thinking and we so for what we've been doing which yeah. is kind of varied even day to day a little bit some of the solid things are we've decided to read through proverbs and it was so today is the 25th so we read the 25th chapter talk about it some ask the ask some questions for comprehension recap but not a long lengthy thing just right. a couple you have this amazing book that you've read a couple of stories mm-hmm. from. You can talk about this book. Spiritual Lives of the Great Composers. So this book just has various uh, various musical artists, mainly from the classical period, 
George Friedrich Handel, Beethoven, Bach, Mozart, uh, etc. And it basically will talk about their lives, their works, their faith. And while I read it, we're listening to their music. So today we did Mozart. Mm-hmm. And so I played some of some sonatas and things that Mozart wrote. And uh, even at dinner time, when we talked about various things that we were thankful for throughout the day, one of our kids goes, oh, I'm thankful that Mozart uh, was already doing concerts by the time he was six years old and was playing music at the age of three. So it stood out to him. him, And even at the end of the day, he's still thinking about it. Um, And it's really cool to be able to share these musical uh, uh, artists, these composers, not artists, really, they are artists, but they're composers. It's it's really great to see already them go oh Handel oh Beethoven oh Mozart yeah. Bach you know and 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 I quiz them throughout the day because we have classical music on most of the time or half the time throughout the day and I will say okay who who do you think this is and sometimes they they won't get it but often the often they'll yeah. be like oh that's Beethoven yeah you know da 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 oh yeah that's that's Beethoven. Yeah, and hearing some of their work ethic and yes. just their dedication to their craft, it's inspiring. Yes. It's, and also, for at least the two we've read about recently, um, their spiritual life, their relationship with Christ and yes. how that influenced their work. And that was really neat. Yeah. Well, some of the, I mean, a lot of the best music that has ever been created, made by man was for the glory of Christ. Bach, Handel, um, Mozart. There's lots of various things we read today that Mozart in letters talked about Christ, Mm -hmm. his relationship with Christ, Mm -hmm. um, what he would call religion. Um, Yeah, there's there's all of these facets in in the lives of these composers who were brilliant musically. And it's not just that they created beautiful music. It's like who they did it for, what they were doing it for. What they were inspired mattered. by. What they were inspired by, right. All of those things matter. So it's already great to share that with the boys. And now that we've pushed our piano up here in the living room, they're already wanting to take lessons. They're already, Dad, you know, te- <laughs> teach me this. So I'm giving these little micro lessons throughout <laughs> the day in during our homeschool time to, uh, to be able to teach them music. So, yeah, it's already taking. It's already taking off in, yeah. in their imaginations, which is really great. It is. Some other things that we've done thus far in morning time. The presidents, we're learning the list of presidents. So I don't even know where this came from. Maybe my aunt. It's old. It's an old. I think Clinton was president. It only goes up to Clinton. (laughs) So we read this little mini bio. There's mini bios about George Washington. Um, And... So it's kind of this, it's almost like a hodgepodge time. Right. You can pull in things you want to work for memorization's sake, things you just want to be a part of your school that don't really fit anywhere else. And something about it being first thing in the morning and everyone together, it's just become really rich. Yeah. So here's a question real quick while we're okay. talking about this. Say someone's listening to us, watching us, whatever, and say they don't have kids or their kids have grown up. Should they implement this? Can they? They totally how, can. How can they implement this? What can well, they do, or what is something that you would, if you were talking to somebody, you're like, well, I don't have kids, or yeah. my kids are grown up. What would you say? Okay. Well, Cindy talks about still doing this by herself, even though all her kids are grown. <laughs> right. She she continues and now. She to does. Do it. Yeah. She does. I mean, part of it's habit, but also I think just the richness that comes. Yes. Um. Yeah. Start something small with your spouse or with yourself. Just. 
read a chapter of the Bible, sing a hymn out loud, uh, or a psalm, or and read, pick a book or two that you've wanted to read that there's no other time to read, and read a few pages of yeah. each. Um, yeah. We've also been reading aloud the five children in it. E Nesbit. Hey, e Nesbit, she's so great. E Nesbit, I mean, for us, she's like the best kept secret. We Even though she's not, but her. she's not a secret. There's she's plenty not. of people that are, oh, well, they know who Nesbit is. But some people I've talked to, I said, have you, have you heard of E Nesbit? E Nesbit, if you read her, and, and if you've read the Chronicles of Narnia or heard the Chronicles of Narnia because someone read them to you as a child, and you know Lewis's sort of narrator voice, well, Lewis borrowed, borrowed that totally from E Nesbit. Yeah. It's all over her books. And she's written. How many? 30? 40? I don't know Children's books, something like that. But every single one that we've touched, because we're reading even some in tandem. Yes. Once you discover a new author, you know, it's like, what else did they write? Yep, PG So Woodhouse. we were listening to an audio book. We listened to Railway Children, mm-hmm. which really ended up just Levi and I by the end. Yeah. But it was, I love that one. That's my favorite so far. Yeah. The Five Children it is great, and it's a trilogy. She's got The Treasure Seekers, and that's actually a trilogy. And then The Enchanted Castle. There's a few others, but yeah. they're just delightful stories. Yeah. So, so so regardless if you have kids or not, you can wake up at a certain time of day before work, before you know, before the day starts, whatever, yeah. right? And you can essentially set aside 20 minutes. How, how long do we do it? 20 minutes? 20, 30 maybe, minutes. Maybe. Yeah, something like before that. Before everything starts in the day, before, yeah. you know, the day even begins. Yep. Yeah. Bright and early. And like we were laughing out loud about what we read in the five mm-hmm. children in it this morning. Yeah. Just well, hey, the other thing that we've noticed is even our kids' behavior has kind of it sets the it sets it's too, it truly sets a tone mm-hmm. throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So when I so when I start homeschooling them uh, in the morning hours, they really are ready to do school already. Mm-hmm. They're all right. Yeah, we've started. Our our minds have already been kind of woken up, engaged, yeah. and we're ready to start. Honestly, last year when I was doing school with them, it was it was slow start. It was like okay, guys, we're doing school. You know, yeah, be a, be a little upset, be a little grumpy, and then okay, fine. Then they kind of got into it. Yeah, you know, had some heart dealings with certain. Children. Children of ours, <laughs> uh, you know, had to work through that and and, all, and everything. But with this, it so sets this peaceful tone amidst having also our two-year-old that will scream sometimes throughout. Okay, but she the likes she likes the hymn time. Yeah, she likes the hymn she's time. She's a little crazy through some morning time. Right. Sometimes depends on the day, but when we sing, she is all about that. Yeah, and we're do, just working on one hymn, and we'll work on it until everybody learns it. We. Play it from YouTube so we can all sing along. We've got our hymnal. And mm-hmm. then we break down. We're working on just the first verse. It's not complicated. And like you said, the first it really verse of When long. I Surveyed the Wondrous Cross. Did That's you mention the hymn. that? Yeah. I didn't. Okay. That's what we're working on. And actually, I heard one of our children tonight say, Oh my goodness, in bed. This hymn just came to my mind and I wasn't even thinking about it. And it was wonderful. <laughs> I'm sure it was that hymn because we've been singing it. And when I wake up in the middle of the night, it's. The hymn that's floating around in my head. Yeah. It's just that repetition of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's great. You, you're you thinking about, you're doing this in the morning, you're hearing these things, and then it stays with you all day and sometimes through the night. Right, right. It's, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really great. And even the kids talk about it at night. Oh, I can't wait for morning time tomorrow. 
Yeah. They've already, you know. Already. They're, they're very I'm much adapted it. to it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it easier to get out of bed really early. Because it we're going to do morning time. So, yeah. yeah. Encouragement to just try it. Try it whatever it looks like. Definitely. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention on that? Um, I don't think so. I mean, we'll incorporate different things as time goes on. But mm-hmm. this kind of mix of poetry and books and singing and scripture, it's great. Yeah, yeah it really is good. Okay, so another uh, another item that we wanted to discuss is self-government. So I'm, we've I've, we've been reading this book called The American Covenant by the late Marshall Foster. He died like a month ago. I know. Really sad. In July, right? He came to my church, uh, my uh, the church that I grew up in. He came when I was maybe 12 years old wow. and talked. And really, really great. Historian, uh, well-spoken writer. He, well, we, we, also, <laughs> we also saw a documentary with him and Kirk Cameron. And they were talking about uh, Plymouth Rock mm-hmm. and the Puritans and the founding of Pilgrims, oh, yeah. the Mayflower. Yeah. And that monument. That the I monument, yeah. I can't remember what it's called. The, the monument, documentary is monumental. Yes. Uh, came out in 2011. And it, there's an enormous monument close to Plymouth Rock uh, that is, I think, didn't they say it's the largest monument? sculpted i think in the country if i'm not mistaken or at least the heaviest it's like hidden in a neighborhood yeah and most people don't know about most it. people don't know about it and i knew about it because i had seen a video or something uh, a year or two ago but i haven't really researched it and i don't think i even knew about it in high school okay so it yeah I think it was a few years ago that I even knew of its existence. Everybody knows Statue of Liberty or sure. whatever. Yeah, this is one that is, and it's it's really amazing. It's built by the Puritans. They they constructed built or it. commissioned. Okay. I can't remember what Kirk Cameron or Marshall Foster said about who who did what. Yeah, did it there. did it magically appear out of the sky? <laughs> it didn't and it land didn't. there. But basically, the idea for this monument is the. Oh, what is self-government and when and how can we as individuals um, really get back to the point of the whole documentary is how can we get back to being a nation upon which what we were founded on, which mm-hmm. is truly Christianity. Um, so this book is really great. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is prayer or one of our prayers is for revival and reformation in our country. And one of the points that Marshall Foster makes is that we can't get there without the Christians realizing that we need to self-govern ourselves, which sounds like circular reasoning. <laughs> we need to but govern ourselves. We need to govern ourselves. We need to know what self-government is. So he says, 2,000 years ago, the Almighty unleashed upon the world the most powerful world-changing force ever known to man, the self-governing Christian. This new individual, freed from the shackles of sin and guilt, was armed with the only weapon that can subdue the earth and its institutions, the word of God. He became the bulwark of a movement that was begun by God himself and about which Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we have, we have a society now that does not 
know how to self-govern. We don't self-govern our lives. We want to be directed by everything. Um, we, a lot of our society is controlled, dominated by sin and selfishness. That makes us a slave. That makes us slaves to sin, slaves to unrighteousness. But Christians were called to be free, and we're free from the tyranny of sin. And when we realize that, also, there's, a, there's an understanding that we are also in our state. The state is constantly controlling us more and more and more. But as a society, we can be, we can be free, first and foremost, only if we know how to self-govern ourselves. Only if we know self-government. I keep doing that. Only if we know self-government. Yeah. Um, so there's this other great quote our, uh, where he says, Our founders built a nation based upon the premise that self-governing Christians will produce the finest society for believer and unbeliever alike. God blessed them as they trained their children in the art of self-government. Samuel Adams, on October 4th, 1790, he said, let me just read this quote. Let divines and philosophers, statesmen and patriots, unite their endeavors to renovate the age by impressing the minds of men with the importance of educating their little boys and girls, of inculcating in the minds of youth the fear and love of the deity and universal philanthropy, and in subordination to these great principles, the love of their country, of instructing them in the art of self-government without which they can never act a wise part in the government of societies, great or small, in short, of leading them in the study and practice of the exalted virtues of the Christian system. And one of many things that comes to mind when he says this, or when he writes this, he says, inculcating the minds of the youth. Well, a scary thought. What, what is filling the minds of our youth predominantly today? What is it? It's selfish tendencies, greed, porn. It's all of these things that are in society. I, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I read this and it's, it's very clear that we have not learned the art of self-government. Yes, that's true. And it's something that, like you've mentioned, a lot of our founders and the pilgrims, they did understand, which is part of what, has made our nation so different than any other. And that we've been talking about self-government. It reminded me that I had to read this out loud to you when we came to it. We read through the Laura Ingalls Wilder books last year and we get to a little town on the prairie and I'm like, Oh my gosh, they get it. <laughs> this is so exciting. It's, there are just these few glimpses of Laura's faith, like in the books. And this is one of them, but it also ties into self-government. They're having this 4th of July celebration in their little town. They don't really know what to expect or what it's going to be like, but they get there and the whole town pretty much is gathered and there's an American flag and somebody gives a speech. And then somebody reads the Declaration of Independence, which Laura and Carrie knew by heart because that was part of their education. <laughs> um, and it says... You mean, the public, you mean kids in public school or even Christian schools, they don't know this by heart? They don't memorize this word for word? I don't know this by heart. <laughs> we don't know this by heart, right. Yes, so it says, Laura and Carrie knew the Declaration by heart, of course. But it gave them a solemn, glorious feeling to hear the words. They took hold of hands and stood listening. Um, 
with the whole crowd. So there's flags and they're hearing these different parts about um, nature's God, what he entitled to them, and why they're breaking away from the tyranny of the king, how we were all endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All the crimes of the king are mentioned, and the ending is, she gives like just little pieces of the declaration that are standing out to her as they're all standing there in silence listening. And for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. No one cheered. It was more like a moment to say amen, but no one quite knew what to do. Then Pa began to sing. All at once, everyone was singing. Tis my country, oh, sorry, <laughs> my country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Long may our land be bright with freedom's holy light. Protect us by thy might, great God, our King. And then this is the aha moment that Laura has that just, you hear this throughout the books, mm -hmm. just in their work ethic and how they behave in their character, but she's putting it together even mentally. Mm -hmm. The crowd was scattering away then, but Lara stood stock still. Suddenly, she had a completely new thought. The declaration and the song came together in her mind, and she thought, God is America's king. She thought, Americans won't obey any king on earth. Americans are free. That means they have to obey their own consciences. No king bosses Pa. He has to boss himself. Why, she thought, when I'm a little older, Pa and Ma will stop telling me what to do, and there isn't anybody else who has a right to give me orders. I will have to make myself be good. Her whole mind seemed to be lighted up by that thought. This is what it means to be free. It means you have to be good. Our Father's God, author of liberty, the laws of nature and of nature's God, endow you with a right to life and liberty. Then you have to keep the laws of God, for God's law is the only thing that gives you a right to be free. She has no further time to think, and they run off. No. But, I mean, she even points out, like, well, you have to be good. You have to make yourself be good. Well, how can you be good? You have to obey God's law. Yes. Like, what she's saying, the standard of good is from God's word. Right. That's how we know what being good is. And there will be a time in everyone's life, there's no one standing over your shoulder saying, you need to get up at this time to keep a steady job, or you need to treat your wife or your kids this certain way like these are the standards and you must obey them you have to read god's law know his standards and apply them you have mm -hmm. to walk in them and he gives us grace and he helps us but yeah. nobody can do that for you right. you have to be willing to impose that on yourself it's part of taking dominion it's part of maturing it's part of being transformed more and more into the image of christ mm-hmm and that's really what our founders understood is that we have to, they had to be strong. They had to understand self-government. Then they had to teach that to their offspring. Mm -hmm. And part of that was the freedom of obeying God's command, God's commandments. And what yes. comes out of that is a total sense of actual freedom. I think some people, especially because we just are in a, Christian culture saturated with God's love, God's love, God's love, 
and we have been like this for so long. And yes, of course, God, God is love. <laughs> and God so loved the world. Yes and amen. But there is the sense of Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Mm-hmm. And what did we read in Exodus 20 tonight for mm-hmm. devotions, which mm-hmm. was when the commandments were given on Mount Sinai, God said, for those that hate me, that they won't keep my commands. The iniquity will be on them, on, on the fathers, to the, to the third and fourth generation. But to thousands of generations, those that love me and keep my commandments, he pours out a blessing. Mm-hmm. And part of that blessing that our country has experienced for a long time is freedom. It, it, but it systemically come, has to come from somewhere. It, it is ultimately, it comes from a, a Christian understanding of the world. No other nation has had this amount of freedom. Mm-hmm. And there's, a re- there's a reason for that. There's a reason that this country is unique. Uh, you said, um, you know, and the, f- the founders talked about certain inalienable rights. Those rights are given by God. They can't be taken away. They can't be taken away by a king or a tyrant or a president. Their rights bestowed because we're made in God's image. Mm-hmm. But if we remove, like m- much of our society is trying to do, this is why this is a much we we don't have enough time to talk about it. <laughs> but this is why you know the the indoctrination campaigns, the propaganda mm-hmm. campaigns from be it public schools, from our inter- from a lot of the sources of entertainment that is godless in nature. Nothing is neutral. Nothing is neutral. It is either it is either God's ways or it is slavery. Our founders understood that. Mm-hmm. Where we got to, how we got to the measure and the level of freedom that we once did, and I and I would argue that we, most people see this. We've lost much of our freedom. We still are very free, but we've lost a lot. Well, we've we've lost our way. We're we're acting like we're not a Christian nation. When in reality, the bedrock of who founded this country, they were. Mm-hmm. They were men and women that understood that and they wanted to train their children to, un- to understand that. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Yeah. So, and, and that freedom doesn't just come from a spiritual sense. And we don't, like the Greeks, slice in half the physical and the spiritual. You know, or the material world and the spiritual world. No. It's an all-encompassing, all full-orbed view of life freedom even in the civil in 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 the civil world um through politics like we would have and experience a great amount of freedom if if more and more people understood this if there really was real revival and real reformation which again we pray for Mm -hmm. um we we would we would see a dramatic increase in our freedoms yeah, but it starts with self-government. It starts. It starts with, it, it starts with applying these things to our, in our own lives. Yeah, I think if you think about, oh, you just have to like obey God's law and a bunch of rules and what God says. Like, isn't that like shackling you? It will. No, it's instead of being a slave to your passions, being a slave to things that lead to death. It gives you the freedom to live God's way, which is blessed, which is the best way, which leads to life. Mm-hmm. here and and eternally so i don't know it seems like this list of rules but it is the way that we are free like the scripture that you quoted it's for freedom that christ has set us free um the perfect law of liberty gives us 
freedom, the mm-hmm. law of liberty. God's law leads us to freedom. It's God is the source of liberty. That's where we get that from. Yeah. So I just have a couple other. Yeah, do. Uh, so quotes. you got Mark, Mark Horn's book. Mark Horn's book. Tease, and says, tease this regarding tease Mark it. Horn. <laughs> okay. We're going to okay. interview. So we're going to interview Mark Horn coming up soon. I don't yes. know precisely when the episode will be, but soon and Look very soon it. we will be interviewing the author of Solomon Says, which we're very excited about. Yes. So this is through the book of Proverbs. And as we've been talking about self-government, there's things that have stood out to me in this book. Even though it doesn't talk about self-government, it talks about the Dominion Mandate and these principles of basically governing yourself without using right. that it, word. It, without using the yeah the phrase or the term self government he he's absolutely talking about self government and what that looks like yes and from solomon uh, this is a quote so when you parent yourselves according to god's guidance his rules and counsel are not designed to limit you but to empower you Wisdom involves the power to discipline yourself in that direction, and in many cases to see how God's ways are the ways of life, and all all alternatives lead to death. So Solomon's setting out two different paths over and over again. This is the way of the slothful. This is the way of the sluggard. This is the person who gets entangled with robbers and thieves and makes their life by that. This is his end. This is the person who chooses chooses wisdom, who seeks after God, who is diligent, who is um, faithful, who keeps his life pure, the husband of one wife, these types of things, and it leads to life. It leads to blessing. There's this constant contrast between the wise and the foolish. God God as king doesn't want to rule slaves, but he wants a company of deputy rulers whom he entrusts with powers and responsibilities. By seeking and gaining wisdom, we grow in our understanding of how to take dominion, discovering in many cases how God's commandments make sense and why disobedience is senseless. Disobedience is stupid. It's stupid. (laughs) It's just stupid to be disobedient. That's true. It really is. He quotes Van Til, and then he says Van Til is undoubtedly right. That the mission given to humanity to transform the world is also a mandate for humans themselves to be transformed into more of God's likeness. Thus, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. But Proverbs indicates that the process also works in reverse. To start taking shortcuts or making other perverse decisions, even for permissible ends, will put you on the path to becoming a monster. So if you begin to make your wealth by robbery, by cutting corners, that habit, that becomes a part of who you are as a person. Or if you're diligent daily, those habits make you that type of person. Mm -hmm. They make you wise. You're trained by and you desire and even get a thrill from the way that you go about even doing things is kind of the point he's making there. One of the most basic principles of wisdom is that you can and should train yourself to be wise. And one of the reasons for that obligation is that the only alternative is to train yourself to be a fool. Mm. So how do we be wise? How do we be wise? How do we learn wisdom? Reading 
Mark Horn's book, Solomon <laughs> says. The fear of the Lord is the, is beginning, the beginning of, of wisdom. wisdom. That's right. So yeah. we seek the Lord in his ways. Yeah. And there's so just good. one last really short quote that okay. I really liked. I mean, the whole book is good, but right. <laughs> remember that what we do is who we become. So as we're doing these things or not doing these things, as we're cutting corners, as we're being diligent, those are making us into a wise or a foolish person. Our actions are very connected to mm-hmm. our character and who we are and mm-hmm. what we are becoming. That's great. It's really good. That's really good. So check out Mark Horn's book, Solomon Says. Cindy Rollins, Morning Time, it's called? Morning Time, Morning Time. of Love. You already know about Laura Ingalls Wilder. Everybody <laughs> knows about that. Check out The American Covenant by Marshall Foster. And, uh, yeah. Read, read a lot else? of books. Edith Nesbitt. Edith Nesbitt, <laughs> yes. Do check out Edith Nesbitt. And, uh, yeah, so we'll have some interviews coming up in the next few weeks. And we hope that uh, you stay well. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much. See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Love of Life podcast, Conversations with Jesse and Courtney. It is our duty through our schools to create a new one, a God-centered one. We are told in Proverbs 8, verses 35 and 36, For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death.